I Am Dead is one of the games we'll be discussing this week on the IGN UK podcast. Joe Scrabbles, mm-hmm. how are you? Oh, I'm quite all right, thank you. Oh, you you reviewed that game called I Am Dead. I did, I but I'd like to make our friend Matthew Perslow not feel dead by jumping into that before he's introduced well, himself. Well, I, I was going to introduce him. Well, I'm but... just doing your job for you, mate. You were too slow. <laughs> okay. okay. Matt, how are you? Uh, definitely not dead. Good. Let's talk about I am dead. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, Joe, yeah. what is I am dead? Uh, it is a peculiar game. Um, I think you could probably tell at a moment's notice by watching this trailer for this game that it is an Annapurna published game. It's got all the hallmarks. It's a bit nice. Um, it's colourful. It's a bit weird. Uh, it feels like their their stuff. In a way, I think it's sort of... It feels like quite a, a neat sort of bedfellow with Edith Finch. It's a very different kind of game, but it has a very similar vibe of this idea of like investigating the world through the medium of people's deaths and afterlives in some way. Um, So I Am Dead is essentially, it presents as a puzzle game, and it's got one central mechanic, which is called slicing. You are a ghost called Morris, and you can look at anything in the world, or practically anything in the world, and zoom into it. And when I say into it, I mean literally into it. You can slice through it and see everything inside it, which can be... Completely inconsequential stuff like just how the insides of computers or toasters look, which is cool and just (laughs) nice to look at. Or some things uh, contain surprises or like strange hidden stuff or in the course of the story, sort of keepsakes that link you to other ghosts on the island. And the story of this game is basically Morris lives on a fictional North Atlantic island that's extremely British and there's a volcano on it and he gets told that the volcano is going to explode and they need to find a ghost to become the island spirit and live in it. And so he goes... Very nice. I'm not going to lie, from the images I've seen in this game, it just reminded me of Balamori. It's got a bit of a Balamori (laughs) vibe. It has got a Balamori vibe. It's like sad Balamori. Um, and it's not even that sad, but it's What's sadder. What's the story in Balamori? Yeah. Death. Yeah, some death. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Morris basically uh, has to find keepsakes of people on the uh, who lived on the island and are, are now dead. Um, and by finding five keepsakes, he can summon that person and try and talk them into becoming the island spirit. Um, as a puzzle game, it's quite easy. So, like, the way you find those keepsakes is by jumping into people's memories, by zooming into their heads, um, and then it basically just sort of tells you what the I- what the item is, and then around that person, there will always be the item. So it's kind of... It's very simple, and you can get through it, cutscenes and all, in about four hours. And I think when I was doing it, I initially started off being like, ah, it's not quite enough here. Like, it's not really doing it for me. And then the more I played, and particularly the more I played after I'd finished the story, because there is other stuff to do, little challenges and riddles and things, um, the more I realised that it's way more like the creator's old game, Ho-Hokum, than uh, I had assumed, which is basically, it's just some a nice place to tool about in and make things happen. You know, like you're just zooming in and finding little weird shit, like... <laughs> 
there's a there's an octopus that just lives in a random water butt, and he's called, I think he's called Slippery Dennis, and it's like <laughs> there's no reason for it. It's just really nice, and you'll just occasionally you'll be zooming around, and you'll be like, oh, I wonder what's in this cupboard, and then you'll find a thing in that cupboard, and then inside that thing there's another thing, and you can just keep zooming further and further, and it does this nice thing where the soundtrack disappears and gets kind of more and more opaque as you get further and further into items and it's just a really nice little place to like tool about in and so i finished the story in four hours but i've according to steam i've played nearly 13 and it's because i just keep going back in and finding all the stuff that i wasn't necessarily sure was there like even yesterday i i um i went back in to get some extra capture and then I found out I'd unlocked a whole secret area I'd never seen before, with, which I, obviously I won't say what it is and how I did it, but it has a really nice little mechanic that's nowhere else in the game. And I was just like, this is fucking cool. Like, it's just... And I think the way, the way I put it in my review is basically, in the same way as slicing, the deeper you go into that game, the more interesting it becomes. And not necessarily for being a game. It's just kind of a like a play thing. Um, it's really good. I liked it a lot. I think a lot of people will play it and go, what the fuck is this? And that's a totally valid response if you want like a straight up game. <laughs> but if you want just like, just a colourful toy, it's it's great and there's loads to it. It almost yeah, sounds a lot, a bit like The Witness without the puzzles in a way. It's, it's got a bit of that. And I'm working out, well, I don't know if you're, are you working out what's happened? So to um, speak, sort you- of. The, the story, the, the central story is pretty much told to you, but the interesting thing is, so you're not, it's not open. You're, you don't fly around and explore like The Witness. It's not a first-person exploration game, but it is a, you're put in an area with boundaries and you can go into bits of those areas and okay. look around. But the interesting thing is that you realise that as you're playing the game, each new level isn't just like a simultaneous place they are being set over time so you can track characters in every location moving across the island and doing different things in each scene and so you realize that there's actual mini there's tiny mini stories that you can only ever really learn by just giving a shit (laughs) rather than being told um and that's really nice it's just really pleasant it's just a very nice thing and very relaxing when you when you've got a title like i am dead i sort of I think you expect a very different thing to what I've learned this game is. Mm. But I want you to elaborate on the only real bit of in-depth I've seen of it is crispy slices. Crispy slices. There's just a man in... Um, <laughs> well, he's a fish man who lives in the harbour and he just tells you a story about how he's obsessed with toast. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, like that's part of the that's part of the main story it's not like a, it's not part of the main story in as much as it's morris's story but you just come across this guy whose memory is mainly about how much he loves toast and it's because fish people only ever eat wet things and so when they find really crispy dry things they go fucking mental for them um and that's the other thing to to point out like it is an incredibly british game like if you've ever been to cornwall or devon or any of those kind of seaside like almost slightly run down but in a really beautiful harbory type way those places that is what you're getting like it was very nostalgic of a few childhood holidays that i'd had um but it's full of like it's got a quite built up world background for why there is a race of fish people and 
all the tourists are like anthropomorphic birds and there's a uh, a local artist with an apple for a head and there's like a pear that smokes um and it's like just weird little cartoon things but it actually attempts in some way to kind of build a world around where the fuck those things are from like it's not just going oh cookie business it's like no 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 the bird people are from a bit of earth and they come here <laughs> on holiday and the fish people have always lived here in fact just as long as the humans have and they have a whole separate culture that's grown alongside the shelmerston residents human culture it's like it's quite bizarre like how much they've worked it in it yeah, sounds a lot like the sort of thing that would come out of Noel Fielding's head if he spent like more than five seconds on each of his individual <laughs> ideas. Well, like there is a lot of, you know, that uh, uh, Hohokam was much less narratively sound, but it had that like slight kind of background feeling that something was going on that you were interacting with, but you're not quite sure. And it has a bit of that to it as well, where it's just got this sense of like, just accept it. We've built a place work around it and it's yeah it's nice it's very cool hmm. is there a giant hand sandwich you can go into mm. any sandwiches that's there's, there's, there's a lot there's fuckloads of sandwiches there's a lot of food in the game like one it's not so much a collectible as just a thing you can notice but like everyone's in one area has different types of tea and so you find all these thermoses but everyone has a different type of tea and some of them are normal and some are very odd um and like that's quite nice like just zooming in and going fuck is this guy got for his breakfast drink <laughs> it's it's nice yeah it sounds very pleasant. chill it is yeah for a game called i am dead it sounds very pleasant <laughs> yeah is it is it sad though um is it it's ultimately bi- it's bittersweet nice? there's very few okay. bits of out and out like depression and it never lingers on causes of death like, I'm not even sure if you learn how anyone died along mm. the way. But the the idea is more just... It's more about memory and friendship and love. It's not really about, like, loss or mourning or grief or any of those things. It's more just, like, how someone stays alive because other people remember them, that kind of thing. Like it's got okay. a bit of a, one of those messages. Yeah, it's, yeah. slightly spirit it fair. Because spirit fair is about the dead, but it doesn't particularly dwell so much, right? Yeah, I think that's kind of... Yeah, it's, it, and it is... Yeah, it has a it has a very similar vibe to that, where it's less sad than spirit fair. Spirit fair is a bit more upfront with how sad things can be. Um, I think there's quite a concerted effort to make this a generally and genuinely nice experience and that's kind of fun yeah it's good i think donlan puts it it, christian donlan donlan um but he who is incredible if you haven't read his stuff he his eurogamer interview puts it quite well he compares it to i can't remember who it is but her in real life she had this sense that like when her husband died she knew he was dead and he wasn't coming back but she always kept a pair of his shoes um and it's this idea of like there's some part of you that keeps someone alive even if they're dead and that's the vibe of this game if that makes some sense i thought that was a really neat way of putting it it's very cool there you go sounds lovely yeah uh i reviewed a game this week as well did Uh, you big big surprise from me uh reviewed fifa what Uh, what's one of them i don't know it's one of those football games that i like uh (laughs) so that's why i play them uh what do you want to know about FIFA this year? <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess the main thing that people will want to ask, if they haven't come across anything about FIFA yet, mm-hmm. 
does it actually make any big differences? Should it be called a season update? It's a tough one, isn't it? Because I'm normally a defender of the annual game. Like The last few years, I think they've genuinely made big additions. Like last year, whether you played it or not, Volta is a big addition. It's basically, it's almost a separate game Like at that, at that point. And like they've added the journey before, which is a whole single player campaign. So I, I do always think that the traditional, you know, comments you get that like, oh, it's just a squad update this year. It's like that never actually rings true because they do, considering they only have a year, less than a year to make these games, I think they do add a considerable amount. Whether you like what they add is a separate argument, I think. Um, this year is a bit closer to what people say, but they still have made genuine changes. Like I think the core like 11 v 11 gameplay is better than it has been in the last few years it feels a good pace they've like i remember two years ago i think it was two seasons ago now that like no attacker could get away from a defender and it was just ridiculous like you just couldn't get away from it it just wasn't realistic last year they kind of went too far the other way and you just couldn't catch up with people this year they found a nice balance so like players like Mbappe or Sterling will run away from people as they actually do in real life but you know I don't know who's who's not very quick Troy Deeney he's not gonna he's not gonna sprint away from people big fan of Troy Deeney Matt I mean he's got a great name I like the name (laughs) I'll hang out with him probably won't have much to say to him Uh, yeah I don't know if I'd hang out with Troy Deeney but um yeah apart from that it's kind of Volta they haven't really touched too much apart from you can now play online co-op with friends still can't play against the friend of volta online which is ridiculous to me um it's a and you can't really sport i don't get that <laughs> it's mad just like you still can't unless you're in ultimate team you can't play against each other in any of the house ruled modes which are the funny ones like the mystery ball and the no fouls and people get sent off when you score and stuff like that what's mystery ball is it just like it might be a football or it might be a ping pong ball <laughs> that would be amazing if they were just <laughs> miniature balls or massive balls it's um so whenever the ball goes out of play it changes what stat boost the ball gives so sometimes it's a speed boost to anyone who touches it sometimes the goal's worth two things like that mm. it's quite fun it's a bit random but again you can only play that coach cal ca- uh, coach coach couch <laughs> co-op at the moment and you can play it uh, online but in ultimate team friendlies you can't play it just in standard fifa friendlies unless i've got that hideously wrong but i can't see it anywhere um but yeah that's just a bit frustrating but the big headline changes they said they were making this year were for career mode which like i remember 10 years ago like career mode would be pretty much all i played in fifa i would have a career and i would generally put like 10 seasons into it and like build a team and it was really fun but like it's not an under like it's just they haven't touched it in like 10 years at this point <laughs> apart from updating the ui which changed five years ago they still haven't changed that and this year they have added things like the interactive match sim option which is if you've ever played football manager it's the bird's eye 2d view of the pitch you can watch the match go but then if you press square, you can jump into the match and it will transport you to the pitch and you're playing FIFA like you normally would. And that is genuinely impressive. It, within like two, three seconds, you're in the game and playing and you can jump in and out and in and out. And that is impressive. But as someone pointed me out to, I think it was 2007 on, on the PSP, you could do that. 
<laughs> in FIFA. So FIFA do have this kind of history of taking things away and then a few years later going, look what's in FIFA this year. It's like, this is something you had and you take it away and bring it back and take it away and bring it back. So it's, it's kind of frustrating. But yeah, it's just... It's a weird one because it does play better this year, I think, than recent years, but they haven't done necessarily enough outside of what happens on the pitch mode-wise to get excited about anything. I am intrigued to see what next-gen looks like because they still haven't said anything about it yet. This and they said it'll upgrade my, for free. This is my question. Like, Why do you think they haven't said what next-gen is? I don't know. And, and do you think they're actually... Because they're saying the reason they can't do smart delivery is because the version of the game on PS5 and Xbox Series X will be will be different and have features that the other one won't have so yeah. they can't use smart delivery so what uh, what do you think those features are going to be I have no idea like it's 4 to 5 weeks away at this point like They've said, because if it wasn't if they hadn't said there are things we do that we can't do I would assume it's just exactly the same just yeah. a bit shinier but because I don't know what because it's not yeah. going to be ray tracing and stuff like that because we know there are games that can come out on smart no. delivery that have visual improvements. So it must be no. there must be fundamentally different it's not things. A, that's, it's not a new engine because that would be would've said, surely. in years to come. Yeah. Do you, I'm just very confused about what it could be. Just putting it out there. What if it's the Journey 3? <gasps> the Journey is literally the, the only part of FIFA. Oh, well, did I they do 3? I think they did 3 in the end. Is it? Come on. I think they did three. Uh, okay. Journey four, then. Fuck Could it. Be. Make it journey six. Let's do all of them. Like, Maybe. I just want I to see the journey come yeah, I don't home. know what... Yeah. <laughs> I loved that. It's so stupid. I, tell you, I don't know what it would be. I'd quite like if they... I mean, it requires having friends who played it, but what you've been able to do in Madden for years in their franchise, or which is what they call career mode, is you can have, like, network like online career mode so like if i was a team in the premier league say i played as i don't know southampton then you could then play as everton and we'd have a career that moved along at the same time so we'd be in the same career mode but playing as different teams so. right but that's not a thing in fifa at the moment no which would be nice if you could do that because it's kind of you can do that for imagine although i ever really have but mm. I, yeah in terms of next gen i'm just very confused as to what they're doing mm. it's remarkably unclear it's very strange i don't know what's going mm. on over there but i have been enjoying it and i've weirdly the last couple of days after my review went live been getting more into ultimate team than i have like since the first year it came out like, you're a sucker I'm, mate i'm not spending any money you better um, not be. but <laughs> no, I've, I've already lost a hundred no. <laughs> um i remember when Ultimate Team first came out, must be about ten, nine, ten years ago now. And I generally really liked it because it was simple, and I liked the whole. I used to collect football stickers as a kid, and it was kind of just that, like collecting players and playing with them. It now was it's like just this absolute beast of a thing. To me, it was like the perfect idea of synthesizing two interests of mine, which were football and Magic: The Gathering, which is like <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, the weirdest combo, but like. It had that vibe where it's like, exactly. I can open a pack and if I get a rare player, that's really exciting in the same way. But then, yeah, like you said, like fucking, I know they've got rid of them now, but like fitness cards and like your players yeah. degrading and all this stuff. And you're just like, well, it's just the sheer amount of different modes you can play within it. Like I loaded yeah. it up. And I was like, right, 
I can play this. I can play squad battles. I can play division rivals. I can play foot champions. I can play friendlies. I can play co-op now. They've added to foot, which, again, if you've got friends to play, I'm sure is fun. But like, there's just it's just so confusing. And I'm sure there's people out there who just well, I know there's millions of people out there who know it inside out, and it's all they play basically. Mm. Yeah, it still confuses me slightly. But yeah, I am getting more into it. I've got a nice little. Premier League team going. I did some squad building challenges, which are actually more fun than the actual football sometimes if you don't know what squad building challenges. Just like are. the puzzle type mode. Yeah, right? they're basically puzzles, so it's like your task is to have a team with 80 out of 100 chemistry and you need to have eight different nationalities in it but you're limited to like three different leagues you can pick from. So it's kind of you're kind of working with the transfer market as well to try and buy cheap players to do that and then ultimately all you get is a pack with more players in it so they know what they're doing but uh <laughs> yeah it's it's fun it's more fifa it's just i mean i'm enjoying playing it this year it's just not the most radical radically new one i don't know by the time this podcast goes live if my switch review will be live yet but that'll be a completely different story I imagine, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but i haven't played it yet so i can't possibly comment on the switch version you're suggesting it's going to be bad, Cardi's. Well, they have said they haven't changed a single thing about it apart from squads oh, and nice UI. So, and they did that last year and I didn't like it, so you can imagine what I feel <laughs> this year. Um, but yeah, that's enough FIFA because it's FIFA in it. But I don't I don't think people like hearing me talk about FIFA. <laughs> I do. But maybe I'm wrong. I love maybe it. I'm wrong. Do you know what people do enjoy though, Matt? What's that? Hearing you talk about dragons and stuff like that. Is that is that is that is that a confirmed yeah. thing? Have we had feedback saying I like it when he talks about the dragons? I like it when he talks about dragons, when he's terrified of eggs, and <laughs> when he's just downright confused by the size of a sandwich. I don't know if our <laughs> listen, I don't know if our listeners have um uh, come across this video. We were just introduced to it of a, a dental robot malfunctioning and looking like it's screaming <laughs> oh, at young students. Uh, Matt fully refuses to watch it. Like he will not. So Coward. that's a new that's a new character trait for Matt. Look, hates had... the idea of a manufacturing a malfunctioning <laughs> dental robot. I had to endure quite a lot of dental surgery as a child. I don't want to have to relive that. But it's just Would you a rather screaming. Watch? If I said, if I said to you, check out this horrible video of a screaming robot. Would you watch it, or is it just the dental element you don't? It's like? the dental element. Yeah, like they're not doing much headgear and all of that. It was mm. not a pleasant time. Lisa Simpson. Yeah, yeah I know. Oh, that's a shame. Hmm. <laughs> we'll talk about though. something nice then. Yeah, like yeah, Baldur's yeah, Gate Three. Baldur's Gate Three, <laughs> game that. I'm sure any long-term listeners, well, I guess medium-term listeners, have not been here long enough to be an LTL, um, will know that I've been quite excited about. And it's now out in early access, which means it's incredibly buggy, nowhere near done, but you get to play... It's, it's, it's Act 1, but I don't know how much of Act 1 it is because presumably it will get some additions over time. But, um, yeah, you get to start from the start of the game. You do character creator. You create whatever sort of D&D-style character you want because it's based in Dungeons & Dragons. And you get to sort of, like, start a party, find new people, and go off and do kind of the first 
introductionary sort of quests and stuff like that there's quite a lot of it for an early access game i've done maybe 20 hours of it i'd say i've probably i think if we talked about it like as a linear thing i've probably done over half of what is there but i've technically not done that because you can approach it in lots of different ways regardless of whether kind of you're approaching it good or evil or anywhere in between or the way that you kind of want to approach that because it's a very branching sort of multiple path rpg um but it is very good which is what i'd expect of larian i didn't uh, realize it was going to be quite so gross like i saw some stuff from the opening and Mm -hmm. someone ripping a brain out of someone's head and shit i was like fucking hell yeah so it's D D is one of those settings where it can be pretty much anything you want because mm. there's obviously a certain amount of rules to it because it has a world that's built by the people that write dungeons and dragons but that world allows for lots of different elements and i think Baldur's gate 3 is very good at, and the previous Baldur's gates are good at this but i think especially Baldur's gate one is very traditional high fantasy with a, a slightly dark side to it because it's about the god of murder but it is a very high fantasy mm. sort of deal whereas um this is i mean it starts with you are being taken captive by the mind flayers which you might know of from stranger things they're the guys with the big uh, squiddy heads um you've been taken captive by them and you've had a tadpole put in your eye, and that will eventually turn you into a mind flayer at some mm. point in the indeterminate future. Was it but Dennis the, the squid? Uh, no, no, because Dennis sounds like a nice chap, <laughs> but the mind flayers definitely aren't. Yeah, you don't um, know that. But they do this while you're on their nautiloid, which is basically a giant flying sort of squid-snail hybrid that can plane hop because in D&D there is sort of a sci-fi element to it where you, but rather than traveling through space you're traveling through like the planes of existence hmm. um, and they're being chased by the by a load of dragons um, which then they hop through different planes of existence to try and escape from and one of the planes of existence that you end up in is Avernus which is the top layer of hell um, oh, lovely <laughs> which is where your sort of breakout starts and the thing that's quite interesting about that is that's a lot going on in the first 20 minutes of this game whereas you've both played divinity original sin 2 haven't you which mm. is larian's played enough game. of it yeah yeah i think the one of the faults that you can put against both of the original sin games is they take a long time to get going because they've got that very classic you start on your own and you gradually slowly mm-hmm. learn how the world works and you build up and you you get your party and then sort of the interesting stuff starts kicking in towards the end of act one Whereas Act 1 of Baldur's Gate kicks off with this, like, you've been abducted, you're in hell, um, try and break out of this situation, kill the the the, uh, the squiddy boys that are on here that have taken you captive, and then that Nautiloid crashes back into Faerun, which is the classic setting of D&D, and then you're crash-landed and you've got to get your wits, find a group of people that have survived with you and sort of work out where you are and what's going on. Um, and so, in which case, I decided Ongo was going to be an absolute evil bastard about it, which is not how I normally play. Um, the saves are going to be wiped. Uh, so they've already been wiped for press because we got to play it a little bit before it came out, um, and they wiped it when the game came out. Um, so my character is gone now, so I've got to build something new. But I sort of decided because 
this save game will never see me through to the actual end of the game. Mm-hmm. I can never get past this early access. I might as well try and play very differently to how I normally would and see yeah. kind of what things get. So that's allowed me to where I got to before. I won't explain how I got here because I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I was leading an army of goblins by the end of my <laughs> last save, which is not <laughs> sort of something so that you. you usually do in a... <laughs> in an rpg so that's something fun you get an ogre who can throw barrels and they've got goblins in them yes please that's very handy what um very handy how did you design your character um so you've got a character like creation thing and what happens is is the first cutscene is done in first person and then when they put the tadpole into your eye it goes into the character creator which is beautiful. Like, I think Larian have always made quite nice-looking games, but they've never made anything on the cutting edge. Mm. This thing looks like a AAA game. Like the, especially mm. the eyes. The eyes are very, very good. But yeah, and it specifically sort of... looks like Mortal Kombat 11 to me. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's got fucking that. horrible. What um, sort of class did you go for? What were their names? Uh, so I've got. Um, what did I call him in the end? I can't actually remember what his name was. I'm not super attached to him at the moment, but he is uh, a, a drow warlock. So the drow are basically dark elves. They come from from in the in the southern dark regions of Faerun. Um And because I wanted, I knew that I was going to play with him as a bit of a dickhead. And he's a warlock, so he's got uh, patrons like sort of weird little not deities but kind of spirits that he calls on to do his work uh one of my main attacks is eldrick blast which you know all harkening back to the dark gods and then yeah you get there's maybe four or five different companions you get you get lizel who starts with you who's a gifyanki she is very very angry about the situation a what a gifyanki they're a bit like imagine bat gremlins but human sized <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, you know, you typical bat gremlin. Yeah, you do. Sized. You do get the rest of them are more classic D and D races. So you've got a half elf called Shadowheart. Um, she's a cleric. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a wizard called Gale. Um, a, a another warlock that you find called uh, Will, and then you've got um, Asterion, who is a vampire spawn. So he has been bitten by a vampire, but hasn't been sired so he can't mm. actually be a full vampire yet he's a laugh he's he's not camp but he's quite flamboyant and he's got like that very he's all he's the tory of the group basically he's well tory <laughs> i thought it was going to be like a what we do in the shadows sort of vampire that'd be amazing so he's... he has got a bit of that like he's not outright like disgustingly evil like, like a tory <laughs> is but he's got that kind of you can tell the sort of house that he'd have and not that he can have it anymore <laughs> because he's a vampire spawn so he has to live <laughs> quite literally in the dark and the dank um, hmm. But then you start when you've got that party together. You start learning all the little quirks that because it 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 basically uses D and D fifth edition as its rule set. So like you can't Asterion can't cross water because vampires can't step in flowing water. But luckily D and D has a jump key, so you can get them to jump from stone to stone to get across rivers and stuff like that. And it's those. You know how in the old Monkey Island games you'd have the verb table, which was kind of mm-hmm. like push-pull? So you've yep. got that, and you can use those at any time. So mm. the thing I quickly realized is that you, if you've got a strength build, you can just chuck stuff. So um, Lizelle is she's built as kind of a warrior tank, so she can pick up my characters and throw them over enemies. So if you decide you want to build a flanking group, I just get Lizelle to like pick 
uh, gale up, let's say, and chuck him over a group of enemies so I can then flank from both sides. But it's then using that in lots of ways outside of combat that becomes interesting. So you can, if you see someone stood on a balcony, there's a shove button so you can go up behind them in stealth and just shove them off a balcony and make them crack their skulls on the way down. There's a lot of almost dishonored to the way that it allows you to like like think outside the box about how the combat works i was gonna say something that divinity did but this i think does it with a different spin for someone who uh likes to play all games as a nice man (laughs) you really do seem to have a lot of ways to be an absolute prick in this game you uh, (laughs) have you you just been hiding your darkness under a bushel I've never I, seen someone smile so much when they talk about cracking skulls. Yeah, it's just, I love it. It, it. It's the fun of kind of... I, the thing that I like about... So I play Dungeons & Dragons as a tabletop game, and the thing that I've always enjoyed about that is you've got a DM who, if you're just like, can I do this? The DM will go, well, sure, we'll work it out and we'll figure out a dice roll for it. And this deals with that quite well. Uh, especially through those verb things. I've never been... So, for example, a previous character, the character I play at the moment, was a dragonborn, so they are, like, six and a half feet tall. They look like dragon, basically. (laughs) And I used to be able to do a dice roll with my DM where I would tear people in two, Mm -hmm. which sort of broke the combat a bit, but he let me do it. Whereas you don't really get that in this because it has to have a certain amount of rule sets. But it is quite funny when you're attacking someone that is quite tough but instead you can just push them off a cliff, which reminds me a lot of how I'd fight people in Assassin's Creed um, Odyssey mm. where I'd just boot bosses yeah. off mm-hmm. cliff faces. Spartan kick. Yeah. It's just like Avengers when i just, yeah, like kick Abomination off a roof. So yeah. really Avengers is kind of a lot like Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, saying that, you can throw anything. So I've had my characters throwing their shields like Captain America to kill people. Of nice. course you have. That's, that's quite you. fun. Uh, well, when the Red Prince could kind of do that. Can Well, anyone with a shield can do that yeah, in Divinity. Yeah, but can't. in Divinity, that was an actual a skill, which was a you can throw your shield and it will come back to you. Whereas yeah. in Baldur's Gate, throwing is just something that you apply to anything in the world that's okay. not nailed down as long as your character can has the strength so to do it. This <laughs> is actually the game more than any that we could use ham sandwiches as a weapon by throwing them at people if you can find a ham sandwich in it and there'll make... be one like i remember in divinity there's potatoes about... at people i mean they <laughs> do a lot of damage but you, you could just you could like kind of cheese it for want of a better term, <laughs> um by picking up some bread and some meat which i'm assuming mm-hmm. both will exist in the yeah, game they, oh, they yeah. definitely do so, so you, you could, could so you could dual wield that and then go and then <laughs> dual wield sam- that yeah and you hit like them it. and then it's a sandwich at the other yeah basic that's lovely can does it go as far as like the vampire character throwing garlic at him will that do anything oh, so <clears throat> in D D, garlic is not so garlic is a thing in D, but it's not something that a D uh, vampire is worried about but like ooh. he certainly has a need for blood and that's a part of the something that will happen in the plot that i don't really want to spoil well if you know the game, you've already seen this because it has been explained before by like the developer diaries. But okay. basically, you can at any point you can take what's called a long rest, which takes you back to camp, which is where you can you can instantly heal all your characters through that. And also, so in D and D, spell magic is dealt with very differently to something like Divinity or Dragon Age. You have to prepare your spells in advance, and you can only use them so many times. And so you would then go back to camp for the night to recharge those spells and re-prepare for a new day. 
but um yeah you you maybe want to watch out at night if you're going to sleep in a camp with a vampire <laughs> oh it's a good rule of thumb that yeah. uh it sounds good it sounds it looks from what i've seen anyway reducing it to its very core it looks a lot a lot like Divinity Original Sin 2 from yeah, my so it, uh, for anybody that kind of played old school Baldur's Gate and wants that same game it's just not it's, it is it is made by the people that made Divinity and it's actually made in the same engine and it has a lot of the elements that are, they've sort of perfected in that but the thing that's worth saying is is that basically Divinity Original Sin was built as the game because Larian wanted to do Baldur's Gate and wizards told them no who are the people that own the D license mm-hmm. so they went off and built original sin 2 which was their idea of what is mm. the ultimate D game that we could make just set in our own universe so it does use a lot of those same leanings it's nowhere near as funny as divinity it's not got its tongue in its cheek and so you know how the battles in divinity can go wrong very very quickly because there's just fucking fire everywhere and someone split open a, a gas canister that then causes that fire to explode and everybody's wet so whenever they step near electricity they <laughs> sort of fry themselves it's nowhere near that complicated because it's actually using the D rule set for combat so it's a lot easier to keep on top of it but those verbs systems do allow you to still think outside the box and then also you've got the dice rolls are a lot more pronounced in this as they are in the tabletop game, which dice rolls happened in the original Baldur's Gate, mm. but were very much hidden behind the scenes, whereas this embraces the fact that it's a D&D game. So if you roll like a natural 20 in D&D, that's a critical. And so if your character is rolling a natural 20 in the combat, you'll see that 20 come up and the dice explodes to indicate that you've had a really good roll and quite frequently in you know how in a lot of rpgs like if your character is of a certain class it'll Mm. unlock a specific dialogue option Mm -hmm. so sometimes you get that but it will ask you to roll so for example as a warlock my character will understand things to do with warlock schools of magic which will give me the option to bring that up in a conversation but that then relates to my wisdom skill i think it is and so if my wisdom skill is very high the dice roll will require quite low or vice versa which is very Mm. similar to the way i guess disco elysium did it Mm -hmm. Um, but it is very very fun to literally see the dice rolling on screen and you get the thing that i love from the tabletop is that moments of anticipation it's like am i gonna pass this check and am i gonna pass it with a critical which is going to help me through you know am i going to completely fail it and then what will be the repercussions of me pushing down this avenue and failing and when you consider how branching the paths are it's not just like if you think of something like mass effect kind of the paragon and renegade sort of paths there were just like you treat someone quite nasty or you treat them quite well that stuff does exist here but there's also as I said, like I, by the end of what I was playing, I had an army of goblins, which I won't explain to you how you get to, but that's not just like, if you played it good, you'd have an army of elves or something like that. Those are two completely different storylines. And the kind of key to that first act is you're also trying to get this tadpole out your head. So those are there are two completely different ways about going about that. So the story branches in a huge myriad of ways and... I'm actually quite looking forward to now I've got no save again, replaying it mm. and finding a completely different way of doing this. Nice. Well, we've all been there with tadpoles in our head. So. <laughs> Should be good. I'm yeah. looking forward to giving it a go. If I ever A, own a PC or it's B, on Mac it comes Cardi. to an... Is it on Mac? Yeah, in the early access. Get I did not know that. 
Well, there we go. Uh, oh, no, I might, yeah, I might well give it a go. That's a revelation to me, Matt. I, did, <laughs> I just didn't expect it to be on Mac. Well, no, did I, but, you know, they. I think you know, it was two days lads. before launch. They were just like, yeah, it's on Mac as well. There we go. I'll give it a little go. Um, well, from one type of CRPG to another, uh, the Chinese role-playing game, Genshin Impact, which I don't know if it's taken the world by storm. That's probably a bit too far, but it kind of just... I remember hearing about this game ages ago, and then it's kind got of it's seventeen just million downloads on mobile alone. Uh, <laughs> I know it's free yes. to play, which I think is the key to all this. Uh, and a lot of people comparing it to Zelda Breath of the Wild. On first glance, I think it does look a lot like that. I haven't played yeah, it yet. Played I know Matt, you've played quite a bit. You've played a little bit, have you, Joe? Uh, yeah, uh, and it's on. Uh, it's not Breath of the Wild. I'll tell you that. Um, it, it to me no, weirdly I know it it's feels <laughs> you know taking away the the elements of um, gacha and and you know like mobile gaming kind of structure. It reminds me of mm. an MMO with no one else in it. Like it's structured. It has that feeling of quests are very localized. They're very much based on like person with a subtitle under their name tells you to go to a place which leads you to a dungeon which is a very short bit inside a place that is not connected to the main world like it has that quite compartmentalized feeling um but it's also what it does steal i think from breath of the wild really well is the feeling of being able to affect the world or at least bits of the world in quite interesting ways like it doesn't go as deep as the chemistry engine and all that stuff but it has this set of elemental powers that interact in ways that are obvious but quite satisfying because every character you pick up, at least in my experience, has an element attached to them. And I found out quite quickly you get a fire archer and when she shoots a, the floor instead of people, it sets all the grass on fire. But then I can switch immediately to my main character who can create whirlwinds and when air touches fire, it creates an effect called swirl and that in turn creates like fire tornadoes so you can really fuck around with it and then you start realizing that some of it is useful in more ways than that so for instance my i, I unlocked a guy who can like make a big sweep of ice and that was allowed me to create platforms to go across rivers that otherwise i would have had to use stamina to get across so i could go further down rivers or across lakes than i would have been able to otherwise and so you so you start thinking of the world in a more sort of malleable way than an mmo would usually let you do without kind of mounts or flying and that kind of stuff and i think that's really cool um i do i know it's not going to make me unlock everything in gacha style but it is already bothering me that that's there um while i play it I don't know, like, Matt, I think you've played more than me, so I don't know how much that's kind of affected you on the way. Yeah, so I'm at what's classed as Adventure Rank 14, which is kind of like the your characters have levels, but there is this overarching thing, which is its gating system. Basically, you can't do things until you hit a specific Adventure Rank. Um, and so far, I've, I have unlocked gacha boxes, but I've not used real money for it because it, it's chucking currency at you like there's absolutely no tomorrow like every day you log mm. in it gives you premium currency every single thing that you do the reward for it pretty much is currency um there are are, are you at the point where you've mm, got I your might have just got there yeah 
Yeah, so and, and that's a very MMO idea, but you get dailies, which is five quests that you can do every day in a similar mm. way to how like Avengers has got it as well. And that gets you premium currency. And basically the best way is just to save all that up until you can afford to buy 10 gacha boxes because if you buy 10, there is always yep. going to be something in that set of 10. Whereas if you buy them on their own, like the chances of anything dropping. And I've had two, what they class as, the, there are four star and five star characters. I've had two four stars. They're quite nice, but I think the one I got out of it was a guy called, I think he's called Razor, and he is a better electricity character than the than Lisa, who you get given as part of the campaign. Um, but, like, I don't think it's, so far I've played, I don't think it's necessary mm. to have those characters. It's just nice. But, um, I mean, yeah, Razor I, did just make me think of Robot Wars, and now all I want is some oh. sort of Robot Wars MMO RPG <laughs> where you unlock robots and just, Very I don't know, go around and destroy everything. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, what I, ha- I so I don't at the moment, the Getcha stuff isn't bothering me in the slightest. I just kind of quite like the game that I'm playing. I can already sort of see the plot ahead where, because I think it is very generous in that it feels to me it's got. It's a Chinese-built game, but it feels like it's a it's a full JRPG is in there. I think there's like a prologue, a main sort of section of the story, and there'll be a conclusion. I do get the impression that what it's building to is like how Avengers does, is it wants you to do lots of dungeons where you're going to be increasing these characters, and importantly, your weapons level up, and it does that whole Destiny thing where you get loads of weapons that you think are shit, and you melt them down, and you put all their energy into the weapons you do like to build that up and i can see that the further you get into that probably the less currency it will give you and the more it will want out of you through gacha i'd imagine my interest Mm. in the game will have massively exhausted by that point but for what i've got at the moment which i say which i think is quite generous in terms of the stuff that you're getting for free i like i like that it feels there's a lot of people I've seen on Twitter just saying, oh, it's a Breath of the Wild clone. And I absolutely agree with you, Joe, that I don't think it is. I think it takes mm. the idea of a Breath of the Wild world, partially through the fact that it's got that very visually lush, verdant sort of open world that's very pleasant to walk around. And it does the Breath of the Wild thing where there is something to see around every corner, but it's not like there's a shrine here and there's a puzzle here. Like It's not... Mm. There are puzzles, but they're very, very light in the way that they do and quite often fall back on combat. But I do like that I keep seeing chests and like, oh, there's a chest mm. over there. I'll go and defeat five of their equivalent of the Bokoblins, which always yep. work in exactly the same way as they do in Zelda, where there's a bigger one and a little one. And I like... Yep. I, I love the elemental side of it. I think that is is great. That really works for me. But all of that is fitting into what I think is a very traditional JRPG structure of there's a there's a big ancient evil and you get a group of people together that have all got big eyes and they're very, very hopeful for the future and you do stuff <laughs> oh, with them. And you've got Paimon. a sidekick called Paimon who is... I mean, yeah, that's yeah. exactly Paimon what I from thought, Hereditary. but she's, <laughs> she doesn't appear to be similar to the Paimon from Hereditary. <laughs> she's like, uh, what's the... I can't remember what's the character that hangs around with you in Twilight oh, uh, Princess that's a bit annoying with the hat on. Yeah, she's yeah. A fucking she's, shit she's that, basically, but she's got a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, high pitched voice and I've got to the point where I'm I'm fine with her, but at the start it was a bit grating. Um but it's got it's that element, it's very, very JRPG, which I because obviously I tend to play 
Final Fantasy over Dragon Quest, and I think it falls more into the Dragon Quest thing. So if you love anime, like I think this side of the story will be really your sort of bag, whereas I prefer my characters with a mm. little bit more kind of groundedness to them. But mm. there is still something about this game where I do log in every day, and even if it's just doing a little bit, because it's, as you say, Joe, because it's compartmentalized, I can either go off and do a main quest, which has led me down to some really charming avenues. Like my main quest at the moment is to do with I've met a girl called... I think she's called Zheling, and her and she is the best cook in the second region of the game, but she's in the first region of the game to find new ingredients. And she's having a massive cook-off mm. with the best chef from this region. And so we're going around finding nice things to cook. Oh, which, yeah. Yes, there is a cooking mechanic in the game, as there is from the Zelda side. And so that's really charming, and she's <laughs> got a panda that can set stuff on fire. But it's very clearly done. She is what mm. she is available in a gacha box, I think. So it's like you meet her, but you'll never get to play as her until you get mm-hmm. her in a gacha box. And you've got like Jean, who's the head of the Knights yeah. Order that you join. She's in a gacha box. So it does this okay. thing where you'll meet cool characters. But I have you to won't say, like, them the thing I basically pay off. The th- ignoring but, the predatory nature of it, which is obviously hard to do. I do really like the idea of an RPG like this essentially going like, yeah, there's fucking. I mean, there's only 20 characters in it at the moment, but, like, fundamentally, you're getting to, like, Dynasty Warriors level of number of characters where it's like, oh, are you bored of that character? Fuck it, there's tons more. Like, it doesn't... And I really like that line of thinking where it's just, yeah, you're going to play this for... If we we get our way, you're going to play this for 100 hours. So why don't we give you as many ways Mm -hmm. to play as we can along that journey? And I think that's cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah. And they and, play very differently as well, kind of right. As we said, I don't know if we've made it quite clear yet. So it's a party-based RPG, but your party aren't on the field with you. You play as a single character. Imagine Link, but then you press left, right, up, down on the D-pad to swap between your party. So if you do do, as Joe has explained about the fire thing, you would have to play yeah. as Amber, I think is the fire archer, and create the fire, then swap out mm. to your other character who can use wind um, to do that. But... I swapped out Lisa, who is a caster, and she can do like an AOE where she creates a circle and then a lightning strike comes down. I swapped that out for, I think he's called Razor, and his ability is he creates a giant electric wolf that can sort of strike out at people. And there's another one that can create an electric raven that you fly around, and every time you hit into things, it electrocutes them. So they Mm. are all very different from what I can see, and that's quite cool. Yeah, we we said before, it's obviously... 17 million mobile yeah. downloads but it is also on ps4 and on pc yeah. they said it's coming to switch, switch. yeah some no point. i don't think so and they're also date, yeah, planning next gen stuff as well so like it will be everywhere except xbox they really don't want it to be on xbox um but yeah i'm like <laughs> i think it's kind of like that's the thing particularly on switch i think it's just a really interesting miniature time sink i actually don't know if you have to be always online so whether switch is a difficult thing um but uh yeah. yeah it's like i'm kind of glad it exists even if it might portend evil things for the future of the industry but in and of itself it doesn't seem too evil right now <laughs> yeah. um the interesting thing i haven't spoken to anyone who's gotten towards the end of it yet and i'm really interested in how it ends because they've talked about it being a live service game and they make very clear that the world has seven regions but you can only go to two in the entire game right now, and they're developing the third. So does the story just stop 
or is there a bespoke ending to this story that will then be continued in other regions and stuff like i'm kind of yeah. i'm fascinated because destiny has a had an ending when it came out and then they added new endings and new campaigns i don't know whether that's going to be the deal here yeah I'd rather it was the Destiny, because obviously with the Destiny, when Destiny 2 mm. came out, you got the Red War, which was the story about the, you know, fighting the, the that sort of cabal. And then yeah. the next campaign was you had different enemies and there was a different problem to solve. Um, and I'd much rather it was like that because, I mean, I can't see me going a million hours with this. I think I'll play probably quite a lot of it because I am getting a kick out of it. But I'm. I would like to mm. get to a point where I can say like I've done now, and like I'm never going to buy your gachas. So I feel like I've had my fill of your mm. free, quite well put together game that I didn't give you a cent for. Well, you, you took guys too busy no, playing true. that. We, we haven't played that. Avengers together in ages. So well, hopefully, you know, hopefully Kate Bishop's out soon. Yeah. Well, Bishop when when Kate Bishop weeks. comes out. Yeah, I've yeah, got a one fifty character. Nine. Have you? Come on. I'm sorry. Yeah, some of some us, of us have are two. ill. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. Well, I haven't been playing my gacha games, but you know what game I will be playing? The Endless Search. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got question for you. Is it in the search? Matt, hello. Did you remember to do a quiz for us? Yeah, I've got good. Because I would have been a shame if you had. <laughs> got a mammoth oh. edition of Go on, name them. A mammoth. Oh. Good. It's just rare. I don't, I don't think, think me and do. Joe actually face off very often. So, mm. no. Mm. Scissor could get heated. Could yeah. be blood. Definitely tears. So, actually quite like, this was one of those things where we we definitely got who was locked in to do the podcast this week. So, it, this one's definitely tailored that around games I know that you've both played. in terms of my approach to this game. I am so... My brain just locks up completely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, for anybody that has never witnessed us playing Go On Name Them, the rules are, basically, I will have a topic of which there will be a set of things in. So, for example, it might be the Avengers. Name everybody that's in the Avengers. There are six of them or whatever. And then Cardi would say, well, I know I can definitely name two of them. And Joe might say, I can definitely name three. Cardi doesn't think he can name three, so he asks Joe to bid off. If Joe can do it, he gets the point. If Cardi Matt's does correct. It, Cardi if, if is a fake Avengers fan. He only knows two Avengers. <laughs> yes, I, I could only name two Avengers. That is my limit. <laughs> What's the green Big one? Green. Look at the green one. So, <laughs> pretty much all of these, the bar one, have got lots. So mm-hmm. you do have quite a big pool to pick from. Okay. So, starting with Four Guys, mm. as we all know. Oh. Season two is out now. Um, but you've all played season one, so I want you to name what you can of the mini games in Fucking Four Guys. Hell. Twenty-four of them in season one. Twenty-four. I. Well, who's going? Who's going first? Repeat this. Okay. Cardi. No. The good thing is, I just played a little bit today for capture, so I've got a few in the line. Twelve. I'll start with eight. Oh, oh 14. Oh, God. 
Come on, then. Right. Cardi, 14. I'll take it slow, them. okay? Seesaw. Uh, let's have a look. Yep, Seesaw is on here. Fruit Shoot. Fruit Shoot is on here. Hoops-a-daisy. Uh, Hoops-a-daisy is on here. Hoarders. Is on here. Hexagon. Uh, where have I seen it? Yep, Hexagon is here. Full Mountain. Uh, Full Mountain is here. Jump Club. Jump Club. Why, <laughs> why did I not put these in fucking alphabetical order? What a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, where? where? Jump, I believe jump it is club. real. Command F, Control F. <laughs> I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> Yes, I've got Jump Club. Okay, okay. Jump Showdown. Yeah, I'll let you have it. Because they're sort of the same, aren't they? Jump Club and Jump Showdown. No, one's they the final. They're different. different events. Are they slightly different? Okay. Yeah, yeah one, on. the platforms mm-hmm. fall off. Uh, tail Tag. Uh, yep. Team Tail Tag. Yep. Uh, Royal Fumble. Yep. Uh, yeah. or, so sorry, these are just season one. Yep, just season one. Dizzying Heights? Yes. Uh, da, da, da. Gate Crash? Yep. And. Oh, you've run out of time, sorry. <laughs> roll out. <laughs> <laughs> no, Smith, is it ultimate? Is it roll out or roll up? Oh. Roll well out. I should have yes. jumped. So. I yes, knew I could do go. that, so all I was Cardi. trying to do was put as big a number as I thought was reasonable that you would go beyond. I should have gone to 16. I reckon you still would have gone further. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I might have pushed you there. Is it? Is it nice we'll one. never know. We'll never know. I would not well, as you said to go them, anywhere near that. Yeah. It, as like you I said, said them, it does like, help. I did review it. Yeah, I know <laughs> that one, but I would never have remembered its name if you hadn't literally just said it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Cardi gets the point. Next one. In the best RPG mm-hmm. of last year, Disco Elysium, oh. the protagonist has available to them 24 oh, different hell, skills. Mate. I love that we're doing all the games I reviewed here. This is brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) How many of the skills available to the protagonist can you name? Joe. Joe. First, doesn't he? No, no, no. There were twenty. Twenty-four. Twenty. (laughs) Twenty-four of them. Yeah. I hate this. Um. (laughs) <laughs> seven fuck Buddy. <laughs> yeah go on then um, oh. right. <laughs> physical instrument uh, call in your bluff Savoir physical Fair. instrument is there um, Savoir this Fair is, is definitely there lose it um, oh, what's the one <laughs> makes his tie talk to him <laughs> Um, <laughs> I genuinely think this might be my... L- oh, Esprit de Corps. Esprit de Corps I like, is there. I like the Let fancy ones the most. French ones. Um, they they stick the out to be fair. 
is the physical instrument. <laughs> oh, what's the one that makes you naughty? Um. <laughs> oh, I hate this. Are you counting um, ancient reptilian brain? Oh, yeah, I'm just making sure it's not one of no, them. No, because that's someone that talks not, to you, not isn't included it? Included somehow. Yeah, no. Why did I choose seven, you stupid bastard scrabbles? Um, <laughs> nah, I think I'm done. That feels too long now. I'm done. Yeah, I got three. Three? Is that what you, you've thrown in the towel at three? There's such good names, but they're so weird. Like seven. Inland Empire! I can remember, like, Inland Empire and Logic. (laughs) So, the the, the set would have been Logic Encyclopedia, Rhetoric, Drama, Conceptualization, Visual Calculus, Volition, Inland Empire, Empathy, Authority, Esprit de Corps, Suggestion, Endurance, Pain Threshold, Physical Instrument, Electrochemistry, Shivers, Half-Light... Hand eye coordination, perception, reaction speed, half light's the one that makes you naughty. That is, that is chemistry. When you say them all, they all come flooding back. I can't believe I've been done by done by my own. Took the coward's way out. Guesses, uh, guess numbers twice now. (laughs) It's a defeat for tactics. (laughs) Right. Okay. Next Hmm. one. Scott Pilgrim, Good one, 10 that. years old, the film was this year. Um, Within the uh, the story of Scott Pilgrim, Ramona Flowers has mm-hmm. seven evil exes. How many of them can you name? Do we need first and last name? I would like the last names, but if you can just do the first names, then that's fine. I can definitely do two. Oh, well. Mm, I don't want to give anything away. I can definitely... Okay, three. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cardi. I think I'm stuck on three, so I'm not going to risk four. Go on, Math. I can see them all in my head. It's just the (laughs) name. Cocky cock. Um, Yes. Does he say that to Matthew Patel? Does he he say that (laughs) too? Gideon Graves Uh, and Lucas Lee. Yes, Gideon Graves. Yeah, and And then there's those were the three. The Katsuragi (laughs) twins, but I can't remember their. I can't remember what the twins were called. Are they Kyle and Ken? Um, Kyle and Ken. Can't remember. Lady yeah, orgasms on the back of her knee. Roxy Richter. Uh, Roxy the Richter. And then the last one. Scott Ingram. Scott Ingram. Oh. Is, that, is he the vegan? Yeah. Who's the vegan? Yes. Do you ever hear his second just, name? I don't know. I'm just going to check. In the, the film. And vegan yeah. will be gone. Scott Pilgrim. I'm sure it's Scott. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Because he, he's um, Brandon Ruth. I was just looking up who Scott. played him. It's Superman, oh, an Brandon film, Ruth. Yeah. yeah. I so I'm, I'm glad because I got I got the, go. the three one. I could literally get. So I'm fine with that. Yeah, those were the, annoyingly the three I had. But there we go. Right. Okay. So I've cho- so nice. uh, that's three. We've got five rounds. So um, the next one. I know you're yes. both fans of yeah, well, that old I'm, Warzone, I'm aren't you? Because like Cardi's played yeah, I am. six times as much Warzone as I have. 
So we're in season six now. Okay. So this is related to season five, which you've just come out of. There are 14 oh, assault rifle blueprints in that game. So those are the... Blueprints? Not so, even so these the are the named lootable <gasps> kind of weapons. They've oh. got to be the assault rifles. Otherwise, we'd be here for fucking hours. The assault rifle blueprints. So the ones that were new for season five. So or? they have to be season five. So yeah, for example, like in season four, one of my favorites would the have been ones, the Dirty Work. Are they, which do they come the yeah. with all pick of up the stuff off the floor? On. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they are, yeah. Uh, so these are all classed as the lootable blueprints which i think is they are all the ones that you can pick up because i think if they're not lootable they're the ones you get in the battle pass so these are ones that are considered lootable assault rifle blueprints not even the actual weapon though yeah yeah yeah. oh my god the the weapon names are the pick up off the floor aren't they so so yeah if you see a weapon on the floor like i say like in season four the dirty work was the foul and it would be called Mm. the dirty work when you pick it up but you can't just say foul no no because that's the weapon yeah Yeah, i want the actual the like the special name of the gun Mm -hmm. there are 14 of them i'm just trying to distinguish which ones when you well it's straight first a bit isn't it is it no yeah I can't even remember which ones are from which season. That's the problem. Exactly. <laughs> that's the... One. One from Joe. Cardi, can you name one See, assault the rifle? Do I, do I risk that he says one that's wrong? Because <laughs> there's, there's a yeah. lot of guns, but I don't know which ones were actually new for that. Which blueprints were new? I think I know one, but I'm not even sure that one was new. And again, uh, do you know what? just for I the fun hate, of it, I I'm hate gonna make that you've Joe done this to one. me because I'm Joe. not even sure it's the right name. Never <laughs> mind the right blueprint from the right season because the names are so <laughs> shit. Um, well, I'm guessing between two as well. Go on then. Is it? No, I'm not <laughs> actually because you can't pick those up in game. Um, <laughs> Is it called the traitor? Yeah. Yes, Joe. Yeah, the traitor. traitor is one. Was there to- was toxic waste? Oh, in you could have had your option. Oh, that's were- a submachine the one- gun. Uh, that's toxic waste SM- is not. That's an SMG. Mm. That is you the bison. The black cat. The C- CDL champs. Twenty twenty M four. The Jaboa, the Motherload, Jaboa was the one I was going to... I thought that was available before. Fractured, Grand Rapids, Mortal Coil, Temhota, the Thames... Johnny on the spot! spot. I always laugh when we find Johnny on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm absolutely delighted with the trailer. I'm very happy. With one left. (laughs) Two all. When I first heard that, I was like, yeah. Name the guns. I'm like, got this. 30 of them. Done. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. Okay. Final round. This is the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. In Hades, there are 25 characters who will provide you with a keepsake should okay. you yep. keep them sweet with a bit of ambrosia. Mm-hmm. How many of the 25 can you name? Cardi. 14. 16. Joe. <laughs> 17 <laughs> you dirty little dog uh, 18 
19. <laughs> Go on, name him. That was me uh, fighting against my own going, ego. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Thanatos. Thanatos is definitely in there. I'm just going through the room. Thanatos. Achilles. Achilles is here. Uh, Hades. Hades is here. Cerberus. Cerberus is here. Eurydice. Well, Eurydice. It's Eurydice. Uh, He's got it wrong. Yeah. He's, He's added here. an S on the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm let- pronunciation Eurydice. is fine. We don't all, we, we don't Nick. all speak Greek. <laughs> Nix. Nix is here. Uh, Meg or Megara. Yeah, she's here. Uh, is that sorry? My set is that seven. Hold or on. Eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven. Cool. Skelly. Uh, Skelly's here. Uh, Charon. Charon is here. <laughs> Euripides. Oh. Euripides, where is it? Remind me who Euripides is. The, um, no, that's Eurydice. Isn't that the singer? No, Euripides is in there, isn't it? Aren't Eurydice um, and Euripides? Or have I'm I made a hideous it. error? I'm no, I was, it, go- I was going through them, then I was going to do all the gods. No. Euripides! Cardi, I think you fucked it. Let me just make sure I do... Eurydice's the singer. Oh, no. I thought Euripides... Euripides is an ancient Greek um, trage- tragedian. Tragedian. Oh, no. He wrote so- 95 plays, but he never ah. gave you a fucking keepsake, <laughs> mate. Right, let's for- let's forget that happened. Zeus, Poseidon, Athena, Hermes. you fucked it. You know what the rules are. (laughs) Athena, Hermes. No, I'm forgetting it ever happened, Zeus. Uh, uh, Ares. Um, I mean, these are all here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just... And then, to be honest, I probably would have struggled with the Euripides. last one anyway. Euripides. Euripides died in 406 BC in Macedonia, but you just died right now, motherfucker. In this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, some of those you wouldn't know until I think there's even a couple I haven't even met yet, and I've played a lot of it. So some of them might be spoilers. So don't say them all. Yeah. The easy one that I thought you would go is <laughs> yeah. Hypnos, considering he is literally the first person. And you didn't say, uh, you you didn't say that Deusa. freak. And, and poor... I ate him. Yeah, where's Deusa? <laughs> well, I couldn't remember the name of Deusa. I, I was, unbelievable. I had the little green green little thing in my head. Gosh, like, cork on. Yeah, but I, Euripides. I went for a harder one. Should have gone in first. Who is? Who am I thinking who of I, then? Like which, which which person though? Eurydice. It's like Eurydice's Orpheus. Um, yeah. Orpheus. Orpheus. Yeah. Oh mate. Oh well. There we go. Joe gets it. I get it. it because I got one <laughs> Warzone blueprint. That's how I won that game. What a brilliant game. <laughs> I love that. Uh, there yes, we please. Go. Shall we have some feedback? Oh, it's me first. Uh, this is from Chris W. says, good. hi guys, glad you're not dead. So that's hey. good. Yes, please. Uh, Ari, the sandwich chat. So we're again Do we need to, to reintroduce why we're talking about trying to have hour, sandwich? Okay. Um... Well, in last, well, two weeks ago, actually, 
there was another Disco Elysium-themed endless search question which involved a giant ham sandwich. And of course, at IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com, we want your giant sandwich stories. And Fucking breakfast radio so, bullshit, isn't sorry, it? Sorry, the sandwich chat. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work for a bakery and learned that the lads on the night shift would pack a load of sausages into the tin of bread dough and put it through the oven to bake. <laughs> after th- <laughs> after twelve minutes, they would get perfectly sl- get a perfectly sliced and baked loaf with sausages sliced throughout. They tasted amazing. A few even made their way out to Absolutely shops, and we insane. only found out when customers If I came home with a I don't know if sl- sliced complained. white bread yeah. and it had sausages all the way through, like packed in. I'd, I'd buy more. I'd go back to that bakery and I'd buy that day's stock and I wouldn't tell them why. It's almost like, um, it's like Charlie in the truck factory. If you find the sausage and it's in just bread, a you bunch of lads on a night shift shoveling sausages into bread tins. <laughs> yeah, you're tied down like Clockwork Orange style with your eyes oh open. You have to watch and do it for seven hours. That's my vision. Um, Anyway, oh, uh, Crystal says he worked at Fox's Biscuits and discovered and discovered that it's an oven. Of course, it can, can. cook in the biscuit ovens. Chris, you, <laughs> you've, you've charmed us with an amazing story, and then you've told us that ovens work. <laughs> uh, but um, I assume in these these sausages were pre cooked because twelve, 12 minutes, minutes in the oven is oh yeah, twelve sausage, minutes. Is it? Well, maybe bread ovens are well 12 hot. minutes for the yeah. bread. That's true, actually, yeah. But are they cooking all the way through? I don't know. How are you imagining this is, then? So they're all just kind of in... Yeah, like laid lengthways in. You know, so like a gala... Slices, like a you know, like gala sausage. pies have an egg one way through a long egg. Yeah. I'm imagining just sliced up like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 A giant egg. Yeah. Um, that is quite good, actually, because you just cut that. A little bit yeah. of ketchup in between. And yeah. That's it's a quick like sandwich. a yeah, it's like a sort of Jackson Pollock style sandwich. <laughs> it's yeah. Mm. Don't get me like wrong. It's absolutely mental. That would yeah. be good, wouldn't it? Crispy so you got toast, slices. like crispy slices, but with meatiness in the middle. But, th- but then wouldn't the sausage kind of like drip to the bottom of your toast and then potentially be dangerous? You should never it? put. You should never put like buttered toast it in. Becomes the toast too delicious. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what the fat content of the sausage is. Like, if it's I mean, a, I'm only fatty, fatty sausage. sausages. I'm not none of your lean mm. sausages for me. Uh, all right, let's move on. Yeah. Anyway, this comes was, from Andy. He says, "Hello, you lovely bastards." That's how he spelled it. A couple of quick bits of feedback. <laughs> Firstly, foods that people like that I hate: mint chocolate. Mint, great. Chocolate, awesome. Mint chocolate is a fucking abomination. I disagree. But good on you. Secondly, and this is a bit random, but stick with me. I'd like to tell you a little story about when my nine-year-old had just turned seven. That's a... I mean, that sounds to me like they were nine one day and they regressed two years. Um, (laughs) He had begun to really grasp the concept that, that the meat that he was eating was, in fact, formerly a living, breathing animal. This didn't sit right with him. Over the following few weeks, he kept asking every time we had dinner if it was meat and which animal it was from. Slowly, he stopped eating more and more meat. This was fine. 
<laughs> One day he got a bread loaf we and it was to full complain. of <laughs> uh, This was fine as we could simply give him a vegetarian option. The problem was school dinners, as, as we weren't there to help. He was struggling to choose a meal and was worried that he might accidentally eat meat. One night, I explained to him that if he simply told the dinner ladies that he wanted a meal without meat, they would give him one. I picked him up the next day and asked how it went. Good, he said. Brilliant, I said. What did you have? A ham sandwich. Oh, I responded. I then had to explain to my little boy, who was desperate not to eat animals, (laughs) that ham was, as you're probably already aware, from pigs. He was absolutely fucking devastated. And I like the idea of the the seven-year-old child (laughs) saying that. I am absolutely fucking devastated. He walked out of the school gate fighting back tears. I was absolutely gutted for him. The dinner ladies didn't fuck up. He just didn't ask and guessed at something he didn't think was meat. Now every time I see or hear a ham sandwich, it breaks my heart. He doesn't finish there. To be reminded of the poor little fucker's teary-eyed face. It was nicer before. I know this feedback isn't about the biggest ham sandwich, but all the mention of it last week gave me a mild case of PTSD. Side note, it's two and a half years later and he's still a veggie. And so are my wife and I now. Thanks for the podcast, Andy. That's genuinely inspiring. Yeah. Well, what I would say is, you know, the ham sandwich itself may not have been giant, but the shadow <laughs> it's left over your family is huge. So <laughs> there we go. Right. Mm. Moving on to one from Cal, who says, Hi all, Cal here. I'm a newish listener, but have fallen in love with the podcast and look forward to listening each week. This question is inspired by two things. The first being, I believe, Dale's nostalgic story regarding playing Tony Hawk's in his youth. I too played these games within an inch of my life and still haven't found all the gaps in the originals or in the excellent remake. The second was the announcement that Demon's Souls is also getting a remake. Over the last few years, we have seen some outstanding remakes, such as Crash Team Racing, Spyro and Tony Hawk's, to name a few, that are true to the originals and really do spark a sense of nostalgia. Most of these games... Most of these are older games, almost 20 plus years, and some are a little bit younger with The Shadow of the Colossus. But now with Demon's Souls getting a remake, developers have started venturing into the realm of PS3 games. As a 90s child, I love the fact that we're getting to experience many of these great games again, but personally I think it's a little too soon to be remaking PS3 games. Although Demon's Souls is a great place to start, where many of these still hold up well on the PS3. So my question is, do you think it's too early to be remaking PS3 or Xbox 360 games uh, for the next generation, and if you could choose one game from these consoles to have remade, what would it be? Mm. PS, even though it still still does play really well, I would love to see Dead Space make a resurgence and bring the USG Ishimura and its inhabitants back in keep glorious smashing it. Thanks, and uh, keep smashing it. Just want to it. point out, just before we start, well, I've seen it a little <laughs> bit, but I haven't seen quite enough people signing off their uh, emails with uh, <laughs> um, stay safe and for Christ's sake, respect the sea. I just want to put that out there. I do want to see more of that. Um <laughs> To your point, yeah. Cal, um, <laughs> I don't think it's too early to definitively be remaking games from the from that generation. It's more about whether the game nah. actually needs it. Like, because obviously we're getting to a point where lots of these games are playable on new consoles, particularly Xbox side stuff. Yeah. But Demon Souls was a hard game to mm-hmm. get, even when it came out. Like, lots of people couldn't get it. And PS3 is notoriously a bit weird. And if PS5 isn't being PS3 backwards compatible, it is about to be impossible to play. So I think that's quite reasonable to be remaking it. Like, it feels like a good candidate in that regard. 
It looks yeah. like we're getting Mass Effect. I mean, that's no. It's a remaster no rather than a remake. But that's a, keep swirling and swirling about. Well. That's a remaster, isn't it? So yeah. for me, my answer to this question is: I want. I mean, I'd love to see all of Mass Effect remade, but the one that I think I would love mm. a proper remake of is Mass Effect One because it's it's feeling real janky to play these days, and knowing what you could do with. Like, because if I was going to remake it, I'd go the Final Fantasy VII remake route. Like, I'd want surprises. Mm-hmm. I don't want just a straight up remake of that game. Mm-hmm. And so, the idea of what you could do with how we can do branching narrative now, I'd love to see a, 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 a proper remake of Mass Effect One. My one would be it's kind of a cheat because it's kind of half there already. But they've got the engine, they've got the world to do it. I mm. want Red Dead One in Red Dead Two's game, basically in that engine. Uh, They've basically got most of the map already in the game, not being used unless you play online. But yeah, that would be my one, just because it's one of my favourite games. And I mean, yeah, the original actually looks and plays okay still, so it's not in desperate need of it. But more it's kind for of, a it's already Demon Soulsy so reason of just I wish more people would play this, and I think they would now. Binary domain. I fucking love binary domain so much, and now that people Ooh, yeah. actually know what Yakuza is, hearing that there is an insane. Blade Runner inspired Gears of War shooter from the people who made Yakuza. Oh, mm-hmm. come on. You'd get people with a French robot with a bandana. With a French or, robot. And a guy called Big Bo who shouts at you. Or. Oh, yeah, Burnout's a good one. Burnout 3, Burnout Revenge. Yeah. Get Was Burnout a, but... back. That's what I want. Yeah. They're doing Need for Speed. Is it Was, Hot Pursuit? Was there a Burnout yeah. on Xbox 360? Yeah, do Burnout. Yeah, they've done that one. I don't. Yeah, Paradise Give us yeah old ones. Yeah, I want Revenge or Takedown. Give me an olden. Yeah, give us that. Do two in one. Yeah, easy. come on, that's it's just easy. <laughs> Make them. Well, you know I mean, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just do it. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, it was well, fun. Thank you I for another myself. good podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, music! It's got lovely music, but I don't know so how easy it will be to track music. down. What's the? Is there a good track in FIFA oh. this year? Is there an iconic FIFA track? Uh, yeah, I'm not. You know, I don't really like the the, the popular music that comes these things. <laughs> what about that? Um, <laughs> to 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 be uh, respectful to the bread. What about that song? Oh no, it's not from Shooting mm-hmm. Stars. I thought there was a song called Sausages in Shooting Stars. There isn't, is there? I think Adam oh, I think Adam Buxton did a song no. called Sausages, which is oh, good, but is it's not thickness. as not as fun. <laughs> it's not quite the same. How about I'm not gonna lie, I didn't listen to last week's did we did we play the Robert De Niro the, Warburton's uh, advert? I don't know. That's not funny, um, but though, is it? But, okay. <laughs> I'll it's decide a little this secret later. for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Let's just enjoy. What, you're just going to play Silence? Ourselves. That John Cale song where there's no sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah bye. Though. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> bye. Ah, here's the cue for the toast. Oh, the fish folk love toast. Mm.